1: This episode of Bushwick's Breakaway is brought to you by no one, and no sponsors, got none of them, but thank you Patreon subscribers, because we couldn't do without you. Let's go. Hey Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of Bushwick's Breakaway, I'm your husband Ray here, I'm Greg, say Hello! i will fucking lax, buddy. <laughs> I know that there's a thunderstorm in the air and
0: I've already lost power once tonight, but I did, like, fucking, fucking chill.
1: You, did have, right? you said you wanted to make it quick, so I tried to. Uh, I, I wanted to make it quick, but I also want to make it, like, audible. Mm, is any of our episodes ever audible?
0: I mean, I talk to you every week. This, I know what your voice sounds this like. This
1: week has no sirens. But it does wah, have, wah, wah, like, wah. it does have some dog barking in the background nonstop, and my neighbors won't take care of oh that's um, so, not my
0: dog so yeah it's not that. a yeah, problem. No, uh, as, so we 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 did one interview that you're going to hear with um we we did our interviews out of order that's how we do it <gasps> what we, we interviewed our good close friend jeff belinsky who you guys know he's been on this podcast multiple times and as soon as we wrapped that interview the power went out in my complex and it, it went out in a way where uh the building across the street lost power first so i started saying oh shit." <laughs> and then the power went out in my building, and all all Ryan and Jeff got was oh, and,
1: yeah. and I went away forever. And you were super gone. That's fine though. We ended, gone. so we got the, we got we got both interviews in. Uh, this week we're not talking really any Rangers. The only news I have is that T- Tanner Glass signed with a French team named Boxers, de yeah. Bo- Bordeaux or Bordeaux. No. Uh, uh, probably Bordeaux. I think it's bor yeah one of them. And is it E E U X is how it ends? Yep, and I think that yeah, that's enough. That, no that inc- a, that's sound increases our chances of getting him on the show. I've already emailed the team to see if he would be willing. Oh, so we'll fantastic. see. Yes, I'm I'm, and and just to say, this will be my only real Ranger tape for the week because well, okay. what the hell is there to talk about? Uh, uh, the dog is still cute, good yeah. pup. Oh Ranger, great pup. Islander pup, not so great. Just looks miserable. Every picture of the just Islander takes, it just
0: looks like it's fucking sad. Just
1: looks sad. And I'm all, and we called it on this podcast. I'm all down for other podcast, other podcasts, other teams and other, also podcasts also other podcasts and other podcasts to have their own mascot dogs. It's yeah, great. Dogs are the greatest and any dog makes any situation
0: better. I'm just stating a fact that the Islanders dog who will be named later looks fucking miserable. Also, isn't it weird to say this dog will be named later? Yeah. What are you calling it now, pup? Yeah, the dog. The dog is going to learn tendencies to whatever name you call this. I know this because my dog's name growing up was Tonto. It responded more to butt munch because that's what I would call it more times than not.
1: Right, exactly. My when I call my dog a dick, he responds. So yeah, that's because I, he is. I my dog. love no, my dog. No one, death. no one get peed on my ass.
0: My dog lived a great life. That thing slept with me every night. It would fart in my face. I would take it like a man.
1: We had a great relationship. My dog currently sitting behind me. So there you go. Uh, but. I would rather have Tanner Glass than Cody McLeod. I'm just coming out and saying it, I really would. Yeah, because we've had this
0: conversation. Tanner Glass, I'm not saying he's good at hockey, but he occasionally does things that are good. Cody McLeod doesn't do anything good. No, he does not. He he doesn't do anything. He don't he's do anything. He's not a deterrent. He can't skate. He can't score. Uh, I, he exists. He does that. He, I'm, I'm telling you, my I'm sticking with my four inch philosophy, and I'm excited to get. Someone from the Rangers on to discuss this further.
1: I I love the Forge philosophy. I uh, I will say I'm surprised and somehow it snuck up on me that we're 30 days away from hockey. Yeah,
0: after this podcast, we have four more podcasts to do before opening, up.
1: and we're gonna have some preseason and actual things to talk about, which will be a phenomenal thing.
0: Uh, uh, not today though. Today we just we're we're doing it again. We're doing a Metro Division preview with people from other who follow other teams. Like we follow the Rangers, and we want to know if they're good or not.
1: Exactly, and this worked well for us last year. It got us educated on the whole Metro and what we'd be dealing with, and uh, so we figured, why not do it again? Run it so back. That's what we'll be doing. Uh, on that note, do we have anything else to talk about this week? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Nope, we do not. The only uh, we probably who's coming up on the podcast though. I will, Adam Stringham uh, from J- not Jasper Japers Rick Radio, Japers, Japers Rick Radio. And then also our good friend Jeff Polinski, who's just our good friend.
0: let talk about the Devils. Uh, big-time Devils supporter, once had a Devils podcast, has done other Devils-related things.
1: Absolutely, factually correct. We do have one Twitter question that I wanted to okay. qu- quickly answer. And uh, the All question right. is from Addis K, uh, clear, at Clear Thoughts. The clear on Earth, thoughts on Twitter. It says, rate the Rangers' okay. prospects in order of most likely to become best friends. There's only an answer here, one answer and only, and it is Heedle and Anderson, and they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say if you, ah, Brett Howden is a looker though. No, I'm gonna, I'm I, but like, this. but by bromances, it's just Hedo and Anderson. And it no, has that, been. That's
0: fine. I'm just saying if, if the second part of the question is which Ranger prospect is going to have the best time in New York city, oh, it's, it's Brett Howden it's because he's going to fucking clean up.
1: Yeah. It's going to have a great Oh my
0: God. Time. He's going to walk into a bar and just be like, he probably has that sweet Canadian accent to go with it. Eh? He's probably just the good old boy who down to earth says all the right things. Sweet as all can be. Is just gonna wink at you and have the twinkle
1: in his eye, have his hair done perfectly. Yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna fuck, <laughs> he's gonna fuck a lot. Brett Howden walks into a yeah. bar. All right, on that note, we're gonna go to both our professional interviews that were professionally done, and definitely don't talk about strip clubs at the end. So here we go, five, four, three, two, transition. We're back with our first guest of the day, Adam Stringham of Jasper's Rick Radio. You are a recurring guest on the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Welcome back, my friend. <laughs>
2: i'm happy to be back good to talk to you guys
1: yeah uh, classic I, classic ryan already fucked it up it's japer's rink buddy we've been over this like uh, 15 times did i read an s <laughs> yo my yep. I, I oh man my <laughs> dyslexia is wild japer's rink sorry bud uh, i have done that 15 times All right. so last time we spoke uh anything cool happened?
2: uh since then yeah i mean uh i believe i was pointed out to me while we were scheduling this thing that uh since we i first came on this podcast the capitals have uh all they've done is won the Stanley Cup. That's it. Hmm. So no failed seasons. Just uh, so basically because of you guys, the Capitals won. So just want to so, say uh, really, quickly, Capitals Nation, thanks to you
1: guys. You're welcome. Uh, Greg, your turn. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about
0: this responsibility in my life. Uh, <laughs> I take I take bribes, lots of them, usually in financial form. So anything you want to send my way, cash amounts.
1: Uh, glad, gladly accept. What was uh, what... the thing I was going to keep in mind? What can we expect, since we're doing this preview of the Metro, from the Capitals going forward? Will you have the quote-unquote cup hangover? Are you ready for the next season? Uh, what's happening with your coaching? Let's start with your expectations for the season.
2: Um, I-, I think we should expect another pretty solid regular season from the Capitals. Um, the roster has had very, very minimal turnover. Um, you know, they-, they did trade Philip Grubauer. Um, at the draft, uh, they could get Brooks orpic off the off of their books. Um, of course, they ended up bringing Brooks orpic back at a significantly reduced cap hit. Um, so so really, we, we might just see bottom six turnover with guys like Jay Beagle now being in Vancouver. Um, and a couple new young guys coming in, and the Capitals just recently signed Sergei Sh- uh, Shumakov out of Russia, who was almost a point-of-game player in the KHL. So he's going to add some competition to that bottom six, which... Um, he might even challenge for a middle six role so i think it's going to be kind of fun for the capitals to figure everything out and as you kind of start hinting at uh the coaching is really going to be the most interesting thing with um todd reardon the associate coach last year moving up to take over barry trotz's role as he decided it was time to go and uh try to fix a, a franchise that is having a lot of trouble getting it together in the island
1: did you well, first
0: first first i want to point out the rangers also had interest in shumakov so i'm not exactly pleased that he went to the capitals it's a very oh, yeah. sneaky good signing. Uh, second, just want to clarify terminology a little bit. Barry, Barry Trots, did he decide to go, or were you being super duper cheap?
2: Um, you know, it's it kind of
0: question,
2: unclear. Um, I, I think the Capitals definitely were were cheap on him. I think there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff there. Um, I think before they won the cup, there was you know he wouldn't have been back at all um, if they hadn't won. So that's the only reason it was even, um, being talked about. They even tried to bring him back. Um, I, I don't blame Barry Trotz at all for leaving and going and getting paid. He got what he, what he deserves. Um, he was not my favorite coach for the majority of his tenure in Washington, but, um, you know, guys remember a winner and I'll, I'll always remember him as the coach that got the capitals over the hump. Uh, sometimes it seemed like it was in spite of himself, but, uh, by the end, he got it all together. The Caps are the best possible lineup out there uh, in the finals in round three. And that's why they were
0: able to move on and win. So uh, good on Barry. I guess you kind of answered your own question there. My, my next one would be, did you want Barry Trotz back? And it kind of sounds like you're indifferent. You're happy that he got you the cup. You'll always remember him finally for that. But at the same time, maybe a new voice is a good thing long term.
2: Yeah, I think I think that puts it up pretty well. Um, I would have been happy to have Barry come back, but I'm not too too torn up that he's not either. Um, you know, he, he he was with the team for for a pretty decent amount of time, and and coaches have a shelf life. And do I think he would have still been great this year for for Washington? Yeah, uh, but Todd Ritter might be just as good. I mean, he could be worse, could be better, but um, uh, you know, it, it, these things happen and. I'm not going to lie to you guys, just having the Capitals win it all, I'm, I'm still feeling great about that, despite the fact that they had the coaching turnover. So
1: Yeah, I got news for you, uh, some of the Ranger <laughs> fans are still holding on to 94, we're still holding on. Yeah, we're like, yeah, remember exactly. the good year? Like, we still talk about it constantly. Um, are you worried about, speaking of, of the hangover, are you worried about hang- uh, Ovechkin's hangover and maybe not showing up to camp in shape, or what do you, are you expecting him to be the, <sighs> the end-all, be-all he always is?
2: No, you know if they weren't if he wasn't showing all his great Instagram videos of him working out, I think I'd be a bit more worried. Uh, he it looks like he's actually been doing a lot. He's uh, just recently became a father. Uh, That's I right. I think less than a month ago. So that was that was yeah, dad strength we will definitely see from him. Um, I'm not too worried about Ovi. I'm more worried about guys like uh, Jacob Brana who just uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of his Instagram story after they won, but that man he went hard. He he was I don't think I mean harder than Ovi. I mean it, it was nuts. Uh, he's not a very big kid. So I think uh, I'm more worried about kind of the young guys. I think Obi knows what Obi needs to do. And, uh, you know, he's the leader of this team and he's going to show up and, and do his best. And set the example we did all last year leading to the cup win.
0: Before we get into guys, you who you're going to miss the most and guys you expect to take a big step forward next year. Just answer one question for me. Yeah. Why even bring Brooks Orpik back? Haven't we just, uh, it, it, I think it's pretty clear. He's not exact look, what God bless him. I'm happy that he's a professional. I think they got paid, yada, yada, yada. The Capitals fans, you guys can have whatever relationship you want with Brooks Orpik move forward, but dollars to donuts. He's got to be one of the five worst defensemen in the NHL. And as a Ranger fan, I can tell you, I know something about shitty defensemen.
2: Yeah. He's kind of like Dan, like Dan already got victimized by the Capitals in game seven. Um, Against Tampa Bay, so it kind of makes me think about Brooks Orpik and, and Dan Girardi's kind of the comparable, I think. And uh, I, I think there's the the locker room stuff. I mean, the players love the guy. I mean, like his on ice performances, in my mind, like it's garbage. I mean, he's, he's not good. He 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 played pretty well in the playoffs for for him. Um, you know, he didn't take a lot of dumb penalties. Uh, he he after a, a rough first round against Columbus, really the first two games uh you know he he wasn't the liability that he maybe had been in in playoffs past and um i mean i don't have any defense for why they resigned him i wouldn't have brought him back because the cabbills have been drafting young left-handed defensemen the last few years and um, none of them have have made it up because they got britz orfick kind of in that spot on the third pairing so um juice came up last year but he, he he's kind of older so um i i wouldn't have done it if i were the capitals I, I got no defense for it but i i think it's uh it's all intangibles and locker room stuff so if you're a big believer in that stuff that that that's
0: what drove the move
1: speaking of There's questionable, plenty of, plenty of
0: spots on the coaching staff if you're asking me but whatever
1: <laughs> speaking any, of any questionable decisions <laughs> uh let's just i'm just going to say the tom wilson contract and let you go holy shit i forgot about that i did not no <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've got um, a lot of different opinions about the Tom Wilson contract, both in the Capitals fan base and, and even in, like, our little blogging community uh, in Japers rink and Russian Machine Never Breaks and those kind of guys. Um, I think it's too much. Uh, I thought I was going to see Tom Wilson come in from between, like, four and four and a half. Um, I thought the Capitals had an opportunity to kind of play hard, more hardball with him, make him show you again on a one-year deal. Uh, he was still an RFA, but only for the one year. So, you only have, so really, you're paying – um, the majority of the term that you're paying for is, is post RFA. Um, but I don't think Tom Wilson's ever going to get power play time or significant power play time. And I think that would really be the only thing that drives up his production much more than what we saw last year. Um, I think he's going to be like a 40 to 50 point guy uh, for this whole contract, assuming he's still playing on the top line. But that's going to drop off a bit anyway, even if he plays just as well because of Etchington and Baxter are getting older. So. Uh, and Kuznetsov, you know, will still be in his prime. But he, he's I, – I don't think he drive will, will drive the offense quite for the same way as Wilson. Um, but we'll see because it was Kuznetsov in the playoffs. But um, I think it's too much. I think he's a uh, – if he was older, I'd just say it might be another Milan Lucic-type contract. Wilson's still a pretty young guy. It's, it's easy to forget because he came up when he was only 18 years old into the NHL. Um, so some people are arguing that we will actually – that Wilson's still growing and progressing and that's why his production was so far up this year. Um, I think it might be some of that, but it might also be he was getting a little bit lucky. So um, we'll see. Um, it's weird to me that he got paid almost as much as TJ Oshi did uh, the year before, yeah. given their differing levels of production. And I thought the Oshi contract was maybe a little, a little high given the amount of term, but uh, whatever I don't really care. The Caps won the cup, so <laughs> it's all good do, do you feel me. like
1: you guys just gave him that contract because I was like, "Fuck it, we won the cup, guys! Give Tom Wilson money."
2: I don't think Tom Wilson would have gotten nearly that contract if they had won the cup. Agreed. Um, t- Tom Wilson I, also had a, he had a productive playoffs if you go and look at the numbers.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know the first thing everyone wants to do, us included, is just talk about Tom Wilson, the dirty hockey player, because we I, it. It's there. It's out there. We'd be, come on, we'd be lying to each other if we said it wasn't a thing. At the end of the day, though, there's a difference between a player playing on the first line and a player being a first-line player. And I just don't think Tom Wilson is a guy you need to be paying north of $5 million. I, I think he's a perfectly serviceable middle six winger, and even that probably feels a little generous. If, if Tom Wilson is on my team, the New York Rangers, who, I don't know if you know this, were not good last year. I personally <laughs> wouldn't want him playing higher than the third line, probably. And he'd probably be like a a, a better than serviceable third line player in my mind. I just, I, I, I get the, some, I've seen some of it. And I know Becca was um, one of the people trumpeting the, he's a young player getting better playing top line minutes. I do yeah. think there's a difference between a guy who happens to play on the top line and being a top-line talent. Tom Wilson just isn't. I don't see it. It's not there. He, he, even yeah. if he gets the 40 points, I just – that's. I feel like he'd get the 40 points out of circumstance.
2: You know, when you talk we, – we, I often talk about – we're talking about that. It's either a guy's either a driver or a passenger, right? He's either driving the production or he's a passenger to kind of the skill of the players around him. And I, and I think Tom Wilson's a guy where it's kind of hard to tell. Um the one thing I will say is I think his skill set is pretty complimentary to a guy like Kuznetsov Kuznetsov's gonna gonna dangle and dance and um you know, make his own space and uh Wilson kinda just he's kind of a wrecking ball out there, right? He's not
3: <laughs>
2: I don't know how to how to put it frankly or put it nicely, but he's just kinda uh somebody just kinda bowls his way into where he needs to go, right? And, I think the word you're looking for uh, there is grit. Yeah, grit, toughness, heart. Yeah, all that stuff is Tom Wilson. Um, you know, the guys who, who really do focus a bit on the kind of technical aspects of Tom Wilson's skating is is really above average for a guy of his size. And um, I don't know enough to say that they're wrong. So if he really is that good of a skater, skating is something that I feel like isn't the worst thing to pay for um, in a player. And a guy that can skate might be able to skate for a, you know a long time. He's certainly not, Going to get getting paid because of his his silky hands. So um, you know if he can continue to put himself in the right place, he can maybe will continue to, to increase his production. I don't know if you guys remember Mike Knubel playing up on the top line with Ovechkin and Backstrom in the um, you know like 2009 2000, through like 2011 I believe. And I remember Knuble being up, in the pest. He I mean, racked I, up I, the points. Yeah, you know, just as a guy went to the dirty areas and he was not big like Wilson, but he went to those. Those high leverage areas. So maybe that's what Wilson can do as well. Um, and, 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 you know, Ovech can take so many shots, but the rebound opportunities will be there if Wilson can get to the right place.
0: I just, I feel like, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I just, I, the point about Mike Knubel makes me even think that I liked Mike Knubel as a player, but it, it really does feel like it's, it's almost like with Nemesnikov a little bit with the Rangers where we're still trying to figure out exactly if he's, a driver or passenger when it comes to production. We know he can play well with Stamkos and Kucherov. We answered that riddle, but it it does seem like everybody plays well with Stamkos and Kucherov. Hmm. And I wonder if it's the same thing with Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin. If you hitch up with them, you're going to be good. So do you have to pay the guy that hitches up with them? Is, I guess, the long-term question.
2: Yeah, that's another argument we kind of get into um, about kind of when you put somebody in the in the diamond spot on the Capitals power play, um, you know, uh, if a guy like Troy Brower can put up, you know, 15 goals from that spot, you know, is it really that hard to do it? Um, you know, TJ Oshie is really successful in that spot. Could a guy like Tom Wilson also be really successful in that spot. Um, and and you always are going to have kind of debate about whether it's a systems, you know, is, is it systems versus player skill? And But you can kind of see that also go kind of to a team-to-team basis, right? Um, you know, guys that played on like their early or late thousands caps got a lot of points because the capitals just scored like all the time. Um, you know, everyone on Tampa, I mean, Tampa's a great team, but everyone on Tampa does really well. And they also play like a really fast, upbeat style of, of play. Um, and you also see stuff like that when you try to look at the micro stats, like, uh, possession or, or, or like the actual micro stats, like, uh, zone entries and, um, pass assists and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of got, got getting off base there a little bit, but I'm just trying to say that I think there are little, little aspects of, of kind of the driver passenger aspect that um, would be interesting to see when guys move on to other teams, um, if they can still do it. So I, I think the Rangers really will do have an interest in case of that. And I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out this year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we, unfortunately we'll never know if Tom Wilson would be that guy on a different team because he's going to be a capital forever. So congratulations. You have Tom Wilson for
1: the rest of the time. Congratulations.
2: Um, Some people said they want to make him a captain or something. What Obi's done, I don't
1: know. Oh boy! No, no thanks. Real good character guy. All right, now we're (laughs) gonna finish seventh or eighth of the Metro. Where are the Capitals finishing?
2: Um, (laughs) Excuse me. I think the Capitals. I I, I expect them to still be in the top three. Um, I think Philly's gonna get a lot. Might might still get better. Um, I don't think I don't see Pittsburgh really dropping off too much. Oh, they they still
0: think Jack Johnson's got something in those legs, so who knows?
2: Yeah, but I, I'm not going to bet against Crosby and Malkin. Um, That's fair. And they didn't get rid of Kessel, right? So they still got they still got three, you know, of the 20 best players in the world, probably. So I don't, I don't I don't like betting against I don't like betting against teams with that kind of star power. So um, I, I think the Caps will be fine. I think they're going to struggle whenever they have to play their backup goalie because whoever. It ends up being Copley isn't going to do as well as as, uh, Grubauer did. But uh, I'd be shocked if the Capitals weren't pretty comfortably in the playoff picture.
0: I would agree with that. You kind of answered my two-part question that I like to ask in these previews, which is um, biggest loss that you had this offseason. Hard to argue with Grubauer, I would say, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd say it's definitely Grubauer. Um, He rightly, in my mind, was the Capitals' starter when the playoffs began against Columbus. And he really earned that spot down the stretch. Um, he posted a better save percentage than Brandon Hopi last year, um, in, in, not an insignificant amount of minutes. Um, and, and Hopi really struggled in the bottom, uh, back half of the season. And, uh, thank, thank, thankfully for the Capitals, he, he got it together in the playoffs, but, uh, Grubauer might, might end up being a really, really good goaltender this league for a long time. So, um, he will be missed. Um, you know, JB Google is a guy that players love, but um, I think it was definitely
0: time for him to go. So. And you don't want to match that Canucks contract. Trust me on that one. <laughs> no idea what, no idea what Vancouver's doing. That should that should be a fascinating scenario in Vancouver. Uh, they're uh, they're terrible feel, at tanking. I feel, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad for those guys. I, I the fans. It's. I, I, I almost feel some Canadian hockey teams are just gonna have a hell of a time this year and it's gonna be great to watch from afar because that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, two part two part second two part second part to my last question uh, it makes sense in my head trust me it, it, podcasting it's a beautiful thing. guy you expect to make the biggest leap on the Capitals roster this year and was there a guy this offseason, Either connected to the Capitals or who you thought the Capitals should target that you're annoyed they didn't get. But the first, um, the first part, biggest, biggest leap this coming season.
2: Um, I'd probably go with Jacob Brana. Um, assuming he's not so hungover, as, as we talked about earlier, he um, he was really good all of last year. Our, uh, I loved watching him. He's explosive. He's quick. Uh, he goes to the right place with the puck. He's able to move. He was instrumental in the Capitals beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in uh, game five. He had uh, Barry Trouts move him up to the top line with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov to start the third period. He found Kuznetsov on a breakaway to tie the game. And then Vranov scored the game winning goal uh, just a little bit later. Um, and that, that was a real key point of that
0: series. That's um, another there. reason why you don't have to pay Tom Wilson there, buddy. But anyway, keep going, <laughs> <You> Vranov. Never-
2: <laughs> no, but Bron- Vrana, Wilson was suspended for that game. That's why that's why they moved Vrana up. But um, Vrana was just – he had so many scoring chances, all playoffs, um, and, and his foot speeds would kind of get him in the right place to do good things. Um, he's another guy in that same vein as Andre Burakovsky, as really skilled players that just kind of have to find that consistency with their production. Um, but I think Vrana can definitely do it, and he looks certainly to be a lock in the top six for this whole season. Um, so he, he's really the guy and for, for the next part of your question, was there any the caps were tied to, um, the caps that are really boring off season guys. I mean, no, I mean, besides all like the day with the cup and all that wonderful stuff, um, they really weren't rumored to be in on any free agents. They were kind of just keeping their own guys. Um, the only real exciting thing with the Capitals was Eric Carlson talk at the trade deadline. Um, but the, it was supposedly the Capitals were in really late. But, um, yeah, when they re signed John Carlson, I, I, I mean, they're, they're not there's no way they're going to trade for Eric Carlson. So, no, it, it was a really, really quiet, uh, summer for the Caps. And, um, I think the, all they've done is make some savvy moves like the the one they made just a couple of weeks ago with the guy from Russia. I mean, get these guys that are pretty cheap and try to find the next DSP or, or Brett Connolly, guys that you're not paying a lot of money that can go and get some meaningful production for you.
0: Is, um, Shit, I had a good question. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Really appreciate uh, no, it. No, the, uh, <laughs> uh, what What are your opinions of the John Carlson contract? Obviously, he was going to be the defenseman that was going to get paid on the open market this year, and yeah. that's exactly what the Capitals did. So how do we feel about it long term?
2: Um, I think the Capitals did well. Um, I, I, I think they paid him a, a lot, but I don't think they paid him too, too much. Um, I believe the Doughty contract was what, like two million more AAV. I believe so,
0: that's true.
2: Um, John Carlson is, is is not as good as Drew Dowdy, but I don't think the the gap between them is you know an extra you know twenty five percent of of Carlson's contract. So um, I, I'm actually pretty happy with the deal. I didn't. I, I knew the Caps wanted to bring him back. I just thought it was going to be really hard. Um, with the cap space, so if they, if they hadn't been able to trade, make that Orpik trade, uh, Orpik and Grubauer to Colorado, uh, they wouldn't have been able to do it. So uh, good on Brian McClone for figuring out figuring it out, and I think uh, Carlson will, will continue to be um, a key cog on the Capitals' number one power play for now in the, the foreseeable future. So, um, you know, it's nice to kind of know that no matter what the Capitals do, they're still going to have uh, one of the best power plays in the league next year. So uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it.
1: Now, now I'll actually say it, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on. Before we get out of here, why don't you why don't you plug all your material?
2: Um, as always, guys can follow me on Twitter at Stringham A, um, Stringham and a little, the little letter A. Um, or you can also listen to to our capital centric podcast if if you no you guys aren't going to want to do that, but if you if you do, you can listen to it at Japers Rink Radio. Um, we're on SoundCloud, so. um and I also do some stuff for Hockey Graphs occasionally, so that if you guys ever read their stuff, pretty analytically based. I do some writing there, very, very occasionally. And there's also a Hockey Graphs podcast, that's also pretty rare. So uh, hopefully your your great listeners can come uh, at least check some of our stuff out on Twitter. So
0: Sean like, yeah. Sean Tierney, friend of the show. So I, I like I very much yeah. enjoy Hockey Graphs. Yeah, awesome.
1: All right, man. Thanks for coming up. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your uh, cup hangover.
2: Yeah. <laughs> thanks, a lot, guys.
1: Transition. And we're back with our second interview of the day. Our good, dear friend, Jeff Polinski. Jeffy, say hello. Hi, Ryan. Hey, buddy. Hi, Greg. Hey.
3: Thanks uh, for having me. Of
1: course. I think Greg's trying to say something you. Jeff, can you hear me? Jeff Greg? would understand. Okay. Yeah,
0: Jeff, Jeff, would un- Jeff would understand, and the six people that would understand why Jeff would understand would understand.
1: Okay. No one else understands. Great. Sounds good. Uh, we brought you on because you're our, our resident devil's expert, other than our dear, good friend, Keith Kincaid, of course but uh, you are the second most knowledgeable about the Devils, so we're here to have you do a season preview with us. Last year, you guys did pretty good. Made the playoffs, got shithoused by Tampa. What are you expecting this year?
3: Uh, I'm expecting more of the same, hopefully. Shit house, um, getting shit shithoused by think, Tampa? <laughs> go on.
1: Getting shithoused by Tampa?
3: Uh, no, hopefully not that. Preferably we'd be higher up in our own division and play some Metro teams, but uh, yeah, I'm just... Hoping that they build off of the success that they had last year. It seems like uh, getting the number one pick with Nico and then the year that Hall had, they were kind of uh, ahead of schedule in terms of their rebuild. So I'm happy that, you know, Shiro kind of hasn't overreacted and like signed a bunch of crazy guys this summer um, or done some like ridiculous trade uh, and kind of break up the rebuild a little bit. Um, So I'm not like super high on them, given that they haven't added anything to the team. Uh, in fact, probably more has been taken away, but I'm I'm confident that they will be able to achieve the same point total.
0: Yeah, my first question, Jeff, really comes down to: at some point, having a whole bunch of salary cap space starts becoming a depreciating asset, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, like we're not playing Monopoly, right? It's not about who has the most, you know, money to spend. It's about who like actually spends it the right way. Um, so yeah, at a certain point, you know, a lot of these trades are seen with the Rangers as well, where it's like, oh good, we could, you know, take on a bunch of cap space and then, you know, get some good assets. That's okay in the short term, but eventually you need to start using that money to like pay your actual players, um, and not just build up all this goodwill and all these, you know, maybe players in the future.
0: Who are the Is there a player players? that you missed out on that you're annoyed isn't currently on the devil's roster because you definitely had the money to pay him?
3: I mean, like who... Who got those kind of contracts this year? Well, like, that, that, that
0: that's what I'm. That's what I'm asking you. I'm not asking if you think that the Devils should have signed Jay Beagle or Antoine Rossell. Not those guys. No. Or, was there a guy? Was there a guy in the market that you thought the Devils would have interest in and would obviously help the Devils? And you're a little perturbed that he's currently not on the roster.
3: I sincerely don't feel that way about you know any free agents from other teams that signed elsewhere. Honestly, I, I might lean towards, you know, letting Pat Maroon go to, you know, St. Louis. It kind of hurts again for the Devils fans that he went home, uh, even though he was only here for, you know, a cup of coffee pretty much. But I thought he fit well in the system, and I knew that he could work with these young players and be like that big presence in front. Um, another one of our guys that we lost this year, uh, John Moore. Like, not that he's a great defenseman, but, you know, he's a solid piece that we can rely on, and he has some overtime magic that we know of. Um, but as far as like free agents from other teams, like, that's why I was saying, like, I'm happy that Shiro didn't seem to overreact and spend, you know, ahead of schedule when we have some good process coming through. We don't necessarily need to mortgage the future to win now, because I don't really think that even if we made one, uh, you know, significant move that it would really catapult us into, you know, contention. Um, I think we're still like probably two years away from really being serious contenders. Um, and I'm happy that they kind of, you know, Played the course, although be it they, they're kind of coming in with less to this camp than they were last season. Uh,
1: I was trying to say before, I think who would be the player you're looking to pay next as, as the Devils? For for example, we just extended Brady for six years. Who is that player for the Devils?
3: Oh, it's Taylor Hall, without a doubt. Oh, really? Number one priority. <laughs> the second that June 1st hits next year, he needs to be inked to like a 7 by 10 contract instantly.
1: Uh, uh, so who's this? I, I kind of knew that answer. I guess I was looking for the second player. Uh, If if there is one.
3: Second, like, significant player is probably going to be Nico. I mean, you know, is locked up now. Um, Let me actually just check. I didn't have the cap friendly up in front of me, I'm sorry to say. That's totally fine. Um, uh, Scrolling all the way down to the bottom. Look at all that cap space we have. Unbelievable. Who's the best team now? Brag about it.
0: Wins and losses are now decided by
1: cap space. I I respect that. It seems like we're doing pretty good then. If that's the case.
3: um hauls up at the end of next season next next season mm-hmm. um but and then it's other than one of those
0: things where you don't want you don't want to go in with a, a deadweight contract like uh some other team that plays in the new that, York metropolitan area
3: yeah maybe they're, yeah, they're and trying. uh specifically the devils do not want to see their their key superstar player leave elsewhere in free agency. I don't know if you know the history uh but it has happened before um well, as no, far as this I, summer i've coming never up seen after this that season, happen it's going to be uh. Johansson and Boyle are the two biggest names coming off the uh, into free agency. Um, But as far as prospects, uh, Pavel Zak is the guy you want to look at. But I think that is highly dependent on the season that he has this year because he's been with this team for a few years now, and we're kind of waiting to see if he's going to have that breakout season. Um, He really hasn't shown too much of it uh, recently.
1: Well, I guess it's time to come to to ask you the, the burning devils question. How do you feel currently about your goalie situation?
3: Um, I feel very good about it uh, since we have two very good goalies that we can rely on and both you know, started in the playoffs this year. Um, Keith was absolutely incredible down that stretch last season. I think uh, as much as Taylor Hall is getting a lot of credit for the point streak that he had, uh, and how he kind of catapulted this team and, you know, held on for dear life. I think Keith was every bit as important to getting them there because uh, some of those wins down the stretch, they were absolutely must-have. And uh, he ac- absolutely, like, led them through that that whole deal. You know, Schneider wasn't uh, sniffing an inch of the ice, really, for a big stretch there. Um, and as far as, like, the future of, like, if we're going to trade somebody, who we're going to hold on to um, – I don't really have a preference one way or the other right now. It's really going to be highly dependent on who's having the better season. Obviously you want a little more information before you make that type of decision. Um, I know Keith is in a contract year and Corey's locked down a little bit further. So he's definitely got a lot more to play for and a lot more to build off of um, from last season. Um, And I'm really just hoping that the competition pushes both of them to be the best goalies that they can for this team.
0: You talked about, the Devils didn't necessarily make a lot of moves this offseason. Obviously, that we, we all know this. We're not breaking any news with this. Who is the guy coming back from last season you expect to make the biggest leap? Uh, I, I, obviously, the year one to year two for Nico is super important, so let's, not, let's save that conversation for a completely different topic. But who, who on the Devils roster do you look at and say, that guy right there, he's going to make a leap this season?
3: Um, I'm really hoping that it's going to be, I mean, like Cal Palmieri didn't necessarily have a bad season last year. He was injured for a good portion of it. So his numbers are a little bit down, but I'm really hoping that, you know, the lineup will shake out where he's on the top line with Hall and Nico. Um, and the three of them can just run crazy for, you know, the entire season uh, because that's a pretty big powerhouse of, of scoring that you have up there. Um, as far as, you know, guys a little further down the prospects list, um, guys like Damon Severson and Steven Sant- Santini, like they're locked down for a few years. Uh, Santini just got paid this off season, like not a whole lot of money. And those are two guys that have like been waiting to take the next step, like every season for the, probably the past two years. Um, and those are the guys that we really need to like hit on in terms of, you know, the picks that we're making and the guys that we're growing within the system, because defensemen, as you know, are like, Super hard to come by. So if you can get them yourself, like, we want to have our own Brady Shea. We want to have our own guy who came up through the ranks. People were saying it might be, like, that Damon Severson type. But other than the offensive upside that he's had, he hasn't really been, like, super reliable. Um, And we are paying him a lot over the next few years. Like, it's not like he's not a significant part of this team. But it seems like his, like, peak is going to be, like, 2nd pairing defenseman at this point. So a Brandon Smith type. I'm sure. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Jeff, rank these three trades in terms of which ones you wish you didn't make to I know the one, the one you're happiest to make. Well, uh, you you might not. I, I know which one of these is going to be the one you're pretty content that you made, but I'm including it because it's the three trades I can think of. It's the Grabner trade, the Maroon trade, and the Vatanin for Henrik trade. Rank those three. In this is the trade I wish I didn't make. This is the trade I think is going to work out best for the Devils.
3: Yeah, I I, I thought you brought this up just to rub the Grabner trade in my face because uh, a
0: I little come... bit, yeah, a little <laughs> yeah, bit. But I then I also tell. I put the last one in there for you to talk about that trade.
3: So w- which is the player you took with that pick this year that we have to keep our eye out for in terms? of I believe we
0: traded that pick to get Keandre Miller.
3: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it's it's kind of out of our hands now. If if yes. if Miller is in, insanely good, I'm not going to be upset that we gave you a second round pick that kind of helped you. That's a little bit right. far fetched.
0: We we also got Rykov, who has gotten a lot of positive reviews since
1: you've traded him.
3: Yeah, I think what I said at the time was I didn't think he was coming over for us anyway, so that was kind of you know a good thing to throw in there if you guys really wanted it because it wasn't going to benefit us at any point. So we'll we'll take that that lump, I guess.
0: Okay. Uh, and it, it, your thoughts on the Maroon trade then? I
3: mean, okay. Yeah. So let me go through this trade. So I would rank them uh, number three, I guess, would be Grabner. We'll just use what I just said now on how I'm ranking it. It seemed okay at the time. He could have been, you know, big upside for the team in terms of its speed. Like it's already a fast team. He had a bunch of breakaways that he just didn't connect on, but it overall it seems like he didn't really fit well with uh, the culture that we had here. And it just, he didn't really get a lot of uh, big opportunities on the ice. Um, second would be Maroon. Like I said before, I think he's, uh, going to be missed after the, the play that he showed on the power plays, particularly in the playoffs. He was one of those, uh, he was a guy who kind of always surprised me with the creativity that he had on the ice. He wouldn't really think about him because he's just kind of like this big guy that stands in front of the net, but he had uh, a lot of hockey IQ and would make p- passes that I didn't see the rest of the team make the entire season. And he came in and he kind of changed things up a little bit and gave a little bit of uh, firepower to the the power play. Um, but number one has to be the the Henrik for Votnin trade because, I mean, as big of a piece of a team that Henrik was and he resigned or uh, ex- got an extension with Anaheim. So it doesn't seem like he's coming back next year in free agency. But uh, Votnin was such a vital part of the defensive core that this team had. He really is our number one defenseman right now, like hands down. Um, really strong, really aggressive great on the power play, big slap shot. Like he's one of the guys I actually bought his Jersey this last year. Like that's how much I love him and I, how much I hope he's going to stay around that. I think that's absolutely been the best uh, trade that Shiro's made last year.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's I, I all I got. That answer. <laughs> Do we have any other devil's questions or are we done? Cause it feels like in the middle of, I I thought it was August still turns out September guys who knew. But um, I got, I
0: got, I got a few, I, I came prepared on like uh, someone else on this podcast. Okay,
3: I thanks. have questions for you guys about the devils. Like I, I always like, I'm oh. curious, like your perception of them.
1: Well, let's let's Greg finish. Then we'll let, let yeah. you go, Jeff.
3: Bring it on, Greg.
0: I just, so you were, you were saying you little, you would think that there's a possibility the devils take a step back next season. And it, you're saying it's no fault of their own. They're, they punched above their weight last year. So maybe if they take a step back, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Am I understanding that correctly?
3: Yeah. I mean you you wanna see, you know, the young guys, you know, produce what they the magic that they had last year. They had so many rookies on this team from, you know, Blake Coleman to Will Butcher to Jesper Bratt. Like they they hit on a lot of things last year that a lot of people weren't expecting, and that's why they were so successful. Um, not that those guys can't produce, but like I would predict pretty heavily that Jasper Bratt is gonna, you know, regress or that you know, I don't he didn't really get a lot of play in the playoffs last year. Um, I'd be surprised if he was and probably disappointed if he was on the first line this year. Um, I think that the fact that they didn't really add anything this offseason is, like I said, I don't blame Shiro for doing it. There's not anybody out there that I wish they would have had, and they're glad they didn't give up too much. Um, I think there's a trade upcoming in the near future, given all the cap space that they have. He's um, probably just letting to see, you know, how it's going to shake out. Um, if something did happen, I would be willing to, you know, trade a Stevenson or trade a Santini if I knew that we were getting, you know, something bigger. But until that happens, I can't predict this team to be any better than they were last season. Is Taylor Hall going to have a better than MVP season to really take that next level? It's uh, the guys around him uh, that have to do it. And it's the goaltending and the defense and the offense. Obviously, that's what a hockey team is made up of. Um, But yeah, I, d- I don't know what I'm seeing in this offseason that makes me think that these guys are going to, you know, Greatly exceed what they accomplished last season.
0: Two two more questions for you, then you can throw it back at us. All right. The first one, uh, we mentioned him. We should go into a little bit more depth about him. Realistic expectations for his sophomore season for Nico Heischer?
3: I think it's you know in that sixty to seventy point range. I think uh, last season he didn't really get a ton of time on the first power play unit. Um, I think that's definitely going to increase this season. We also know uh, or found out after the playoffs were over that he was playing with a hand injury uh, for pretty much the entire season. Um, I don't believe it required surgery, but he, you know, has been resting it and he should be at full health at the start of training camp. So I think those, you know, few factors and uh, as well as him just like getting stronger and, you know, playing more time with the guys around him. I, you know, I don't see any reason why he would, you know, drop his point total from last year, barring any, you know, unforeseen injury or something play. And I think talked he, about- he's absolutely nope. the real deal, I would say.
0: I I, I do not doubt it. I, I like Heisher very much. I would, If I were redrafting that draft class, um, I would take Heisher before Heedle still. But I don't – no, I mean,
3: I perhaps, will say right? have- – Heidel hasn't done anything at the NHL level because he no. hasn't had the opportunity. It's a ridiculous comparison to make at this point. I, I, I know.
0: <laughs> I would say if there's one prospect who hasn't made his NHL debut yet that I might still take ahead of Heischer – Probably Pedersen. I would say Pedersen. I really like Pedersen.
3: Yeah, he, he he's looking pretty good. Those Swedes are always on a different level.
1: Classic Swedes. They're, Jeff, they're I actually have another question. Uh, final, final, Wait, hold on. I have a question. question. Wait, Greg, since, hold on.
0: Since we've talked to the Wait, hold on. Since, what? I have a question. You said you didn't have anything. I, I thought of one. You fucking idiot. <laughs> I thought Your words one. were, I don't have anything.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I sat here listening
3: and Can't you two see that you are just completely in love with each other?
1: I, I, it's hard to see, to be honest with you, uh, Jeff, are you surprised they didn't try and shop around Keith or trade, uh, Corey?
3: I mean, why why would we at at that point? like Because they you were still are a rebuilding so team important. and you
1: might be able mm-hmm. to get some legitimate value.
3: It's, it's possible, but I think that timing is a, a big deal. I think last year, given the, you know, Surprised that the Devils were to the whole the league as a whole. Like, you don't necessarily want to react too fast to that type of stuff. You don't want to be like, "Oh, we're we're good now and Keith's great, so we could do without Corey and just deal with, you know, Lack as our backup or whatever, and everything will be fine. You know, he'll be great forever." Um, it also depends on what you would get back. Like, I I don't know what players out there. I guess if you know, Eric Carlson came our way and we gave up yeah, I mean, one of the two of them, uh, I would feel like I would be crazy for not wanting that return because we would still have a goalie that we believed in no matter which one we sent away and we would greatly increase our defense. So I'm not necessarily like itching for them to be like, hey, get rid of these guys. Look at what we could possibly get for them what uh, if... because I don't know that the goalie demand is really necessarily that high. Um, but no, well, you I'm, were not, saying, I'm not I'm kind of happy that they have hypothetical
1: haven't with done the it. Eric Carlson trade there. Um, what if a team came and offered you a first-round pick for either one?
3: I mean, that that's essentially what we gave up for Corey, but I don't think that picks are, are what we want. Like, we we want players that are going to increase our team now. Given the upswing that they're on, we kind of have to just double down on the success that we've had. We can't wait three years from now. Oh, we're going to have this great prospect, you know, coming down the pipe, um, and that'll jive perfectly with our, our winning streak. But, you know, we we kind of want to – you know, get NHL level talent at that point. This point, it feels like.
0: Also, for being honest, you're not getting a first round pick for either Corey Schneider or Keith Kincaid at this point in time.
3: Yeah, that's, that's correct. just
0: not, that's just not the goalie market anymore. You look at what Ben yeah, Bishop I, got. I would
3: be very got, happy with that uh, return, but I don't think it fits what we're, what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, Carlson was mentioned. Carlson's the last point that I was going to bring up. Where do you and the Devils community stand on? Giving someone, well, specifically Eric Carlson, a long-term extension. You have the cap space. There's rumors that he wants to play in an area like the Greater Metro New York area. New, uh, New York fits that bill. If push came to shove, is there a contract with Eric Carlson you're uncomfortable with? I I
3: don't I don't think so. I mean, I at the end of the day, there's probably still a few doubts about you know the health of his ankle or whatever, but I don't see him really. Um, and there's no reason not to give him as much money as he deserves. And um, I think as far as the devil's cap, you know, status is right now, like we obviously have the space to do it. You got to factor in, okay, we're going to pay Hall next season, or that's going to kick in two years from now. But there's there's no reason why the devils couldn't pay him. But I, if there was something that they were involved in with the Carlson trade, I always saw it being a little less aggressive and just taking on some cap um, in whatever fashion that was, probably from the Senators. Um, but I never thought that they were major players um, based on what I was hearing. At the end of the day, would I love to have them? Yes, absolutely. Could we pay them? Of course. Is there a player that I would give up? Probably anybody other than Hall and Heisher, and anybody's fair game is if we were getting Carlson back. But I don't, I don't see it happening for him anytime soon.
0: So you would, you're, you're sitting tight, waiting for free agency. You'll make your pitch then.
3: Yeah, I mean. I don't think he's going to make it to the end of the year with the Senators. I'm pretty confident he's going to start it with them. Uh, but they would be absolutely crazy if they didn't just ship them off. But it's, it's going to be wild to see how low that, uh, that price tag goes on that trade.
1: Man, if Carlson Here, gets injured, that is, oh man, that is a fucking here's, problem for Ottawa.
3: Here's, here's the thing with the Senators, though, that I, I
0: think we need to take into account. The Senators have zero incentive to tank. I, I don't see a reason why this – unless the Senators are getting back multiple first-round picks for the likes of Carlston and Stone, which is possible. We uh, People are – I don't think people are forgetting, but if the Senators tank, the Avalanche are getting that pick. They have no choice. They have to give it to the Avalanche. There's no deal that can be worked out. I don't know why Colorado would want to do them a favor. Oh, they so will if, if you're the Senators, I don't know if you – unless, again, you're getting a king's ransom for Carlson and Mark Stone – you have to go for it this year, which is a shame because that team is terrible. But which, there's which just no reason no right? to trade
3: them. Like, how what's bad that? is this situation in Ottawa? Like, why? Why do they they see what's ahead why of they, them? Why and, they keep
0: this year's pick is the question that I, I will exactly. always ask myself.
3: Why? What? Who did they even take? Like, we have they have to be like Brady, this Brady kid Kachuk. has no chance of ever being good. They and, took Brady Kachuk. I mean, well, he, actually, he'll probably be pretty good, but um, like. You know that this year is going to be a shit show. I mean, this is before all that Hoffman stuff, right?
1: Uh, I think no, it was this, around the same no, time.
0: The, the, the trade, the conditional pick is tied to Matt Duchesne.
3: No, no, I know that, but they, the draft was before all the Hoffman stuff, way before, right? After
0: the draft was after, they traded Hoffman. It was definitely
1: before the after. Draft. Yes, yeah, this
3: is. I don't, I don't know how it could get any worse there, but they're not going to re-sign him. He's not going to. They're not going. Well, first of all, they don't want to pay him. They're cheap as fuck. They're not going to dish out that contract. It's like a known thing that he's not going to be there long term. So why not get whatever you can get for him? But that's what I'm saying. Like the price is gonna. The the league might just wait him out. It seems like they are at this point, or they're just being ridiculous in their negotiations, and they're just like, I'm not dealing with this guy. It's not worth it. I'll take my chances. Yeah, I, I just,
0: if, if the senators have, we all agree, the senators have fucked this up themselves. I'm not trying to justify the senators mindset or how they ended up in this situation the fact that they're going to lose carlson and stone for pennies on the dollar is a joke because both those guys are one's a top pairing defenseman one's a top pairing winger i mean top line winger these these guys are incredible and not only are they going to lose them but then they're going to lose the potential number one overall pick because it's it is hard to think of a team that's going to be worse than the ottawa senators
3: if Craig, they were in the eastern conference final wait would they beat two be- years ago oh. two
0: yeah, they shouldn't have been. They were gifted that Eastern Conference Final. And then, of course, they're in the Eastern They took the fucking Penguins, who won the cup that year in seven games. games. Unbelievable. And, and, the they, straight and they are hell. just fucked. They are Riley like
3: off the edge of the cliff.
0: Oh, Duchesne's leaving, Stone's leaving, Carlson's leaving. They're not going to get anything for them. How stupid they're going to lose Duchesne the top to three feel.
3: pick. That's ridiculous.
0: Oh, my God. How how great do the Avalanche have to feel? The, the Avalanche
3: are going to get fucking Hughes.
0: The, the, the Avalanche are going to be one of the best young teams in the NHL, and then add Hughes to it. Good,
3: unreal,
1: good for unbelievable. the unbelievable. Oh, Jeff, what are Fucking your questions standards. for us? What was that, Ryan? What are your questions for us?
3: Oh, I just really had—I wanted to get like your evaluation of where you see the Devils, like in terms of the Metro Division. What you know—that was one question. Was like where would you rank them in terms of the Metro if you're going to predict the standings at the end of the at the end of the season?
1: I still think they're. They're probably the third team now, especially if Panarin gets traded, and I, I feel like that's going to happen. It seems like all the rumors are heading that way. So you're still got Penguins number one in my in my eyes. The Capitals will still be there, and then I believe, I think the Devils will be the third team in the Metro.
3: That's I'm, a lot higher than I would have expected. I, I'm not yeah. a big, I'm not a flyer. am not a flyer <laughs> guy.
1: That's that's fine. I'm not a Flyers guy. Um, the I know the Hurricanes have upgraded, but I'm not really. I'm not really impressed. I know Columbus still has a lot of talent. But I think there's a chance if if you guys take the next leap uh, from from next year, you guys could be the third. If not, you're definitely going to be the wild card.
3: Yeah, I would put us like slightly oh, – Greg, you can answer too if you want before I uh,
0: – I am more pessimistic about the Devils. Uh, I, I just think it, it all goes back to the fact that we're expecting them to – in order for them to be as good as they were last year, you're expecting a lot from – if not Taylor Hall, then one of Palmieri or Hisher, and I honestly think those kind of expectations are unfair, especially on Hisher. I just wouldn't be expecting that big of a leap this season. I just I I vehemently disagree with Ryan. I don't think Panarin's getting traded at all. I think the Blue Jackets are just going to run the clock out with him because that is still a very good team with Panarin. Uh, I I can't put the Devils ahead of the Capitals, Penguins, or Blue Jackets, and I I. We all know how I feel about Philadelphia, <laughs> so you know it fucking pains me to say that that team is going to fuck this year. I think that's the fourth best team in the metro.
3: Provorov for the north.
0: For- I really like Provorov. I'm not gonna that's
3: lie, so to you. good. He's
0: so good. And Gos Despair is still there too. And they brought back Van Riemsdyk yeah. and Wayne yeah. Simmons is on a contract year and he could just fuck around and do whatever and the fuck he wants.
3: Nolan Patrick, and, if he's healthy all year, is gonna be Nolan Patrick, Couturier
0: Giroux. It's a really good fucking team. Imagine yeah. they had a goalie. It'd be great if they had a goalie. I know,
3: right? Uh That's the only thing keeping like, my hopes up. I feel like the Flyers have always
0: needed the Flyers and Blues have always needed goalies. It's incredible. Do you think um, there's a chance?
1: What do you think the odds the Flyers end up being one of the top two seeds in the Metro this year? Top two seeds, yeah.
0: I think that's a, that's a bit much. Okay, uh, you would need the Blue Jackets would need to crater, and the Capitals would need to regress significantly. They'd have Ovechkin might be drunk for the entire season. they need it, need him to be drunk the entire season.
3: Uh, I I don't overlook coaching change in Washington too. I think that's going to have a bigger factor than people think.
0: I don't. I true, but I also think the Devils are just going to eat the Islanders and Rangers alive. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with Ryan. I don't know as much as I love Dougie Hamilton. I don't know if the hurricanes got better. If that's human, their defense is going to be incredible. I don't know how you replace Jeff Skinner. They didn't. They're just going to try. Shvechnikov has to be oh, really shit, good. That's as a the woman. guy
3: that I wish the devils had. I don't know how we're not a part of the Skinner trade.
0: Like, yeah. A little weird, right?
3: Yeah.
0: I, unless the hurricane said we just don't want to trade him in the division. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but if you're the if you're the Devils, I would have given up. A, imagine Skinner in your top six. Yeah, that would be legit. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know if the Hurricanes really got better. I I just the Devils to me are the the fifth team in the Metro. And you know I love you, Jeff. You know I'm not saying that to hurt your feelings. I just if I'm being realistic about. The the top four in the metro is going to be very good.
3: Why, why would but that I, ever hurt my feelings? Like, oh, you don't. Want I don't to know. Hockey. I just worry about. This <laughs> is a that
0: personal you. attack on me. I just worry. I
1: worry about you sometimes, Jeff. Jeff. I just oh. worry about you.
3: Yeah, I would probably lean to agree with you guys. You know, Washington and Pittsburgh are definitely those top two. Um, the next four, I kind of see together. Um, where you have, I I would still think Columbus is still the third best team, given. The way uh, Bobrovsky's been playing, and they still have a lot of good pieces with, you know, Panarin and the like. He had a game last year. We had five primary assists against the Devils. Five. He, he's, he's after gonna, the third one, they're like, "This so guy's ridiculous," and then they didn't cover him the rest of the time. It was.
0: He's going to be so good on the Rangers, Jeff. I let me tell you. <laughs> I can't wait. He, he's going to be fantastic. Him and Heedle just all day, just eating.
3: Yeah. And then the next two I have are probably. I think us us and Philly are pretty neck-to-neck. I think, I mean, similar to how the standings were last season. But I think we're similar types of teams. I think we're in similar spots in terms of our contention. Um, they do desperately need a goalie, but they have a lot of high-end talent with Orichek, Giroux, Simmons. You listed them all before. Um, and then Carolina's right there, but just, like, probably a little bit lower because they haven't proven as much and they lose Skinner. Uh, who knows how Mrazik is going to fare there. Um and then the Islanders all the way at the bottom and the Rangers probably a little bit better than them even though you guys should be trying to tank.
1: We're we're going to try to be worse than the Islanders, I promise.
0: We just we didn't sign Leo Komarov to a 4-year deal and we got this guy Henrik Lundqvist.
1: Yeah, Lundqvist stupid, is going to fuck us. Stupid pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um okay, what was your second question, Jeffy? I think you just you listed some teams there.
3: Oh, uh yeah, my second question would be like I guess other than including Taylor Hall, who is the player on the Devils that you would um, pay the most for to trade to your team?
0: I, it would be silly to say anyone, but he sure.
1: Yeah, he sure's the answer. I think
3: you're... Your he guy... Heisher sure over Hall?
1: No, Hall's number one, duh. Well, I was
3: listing him, but like in oh. terms of like the future of your team, like right now, like if you were doing a legitimate trade with the Devils, like who's oh. the one oh, piece oh, Hall. that it's you would want? It's you know, The guy was MVP,
1: trade. Jeff. he's Hall. It's Hall.
0: Yeah, it, it especially because the one thing the Rangers lack is pure high end winger. Like imagine imagine Taylor Hall on a line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Woo. That's a lot of fun. And then that also puts a guy like Pavel Buchnevich on a line with Filipino and Matt Succarello, and all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, you have a top six. Legitimate top six.
3: Legit. So, so then, it's a Hesher, like, then I'm guessing. Yeah,
0: it, it's all ahead of Heesher because I just the Rangers have just, the Rangers have so many centers that they have to figure out which of them are good. Uh so I I just the Rangers adding more centers in trade seems a little
1: ill-advised. Unless there were I mean unless the Rangers had like some one, vision
0: but... that already heedles a winger. Like if the Rangers traded for Heesha, they're admitting someone's not a center already. And I don't think the Rangers are ready to admit that someone's not a center.
1: Yeah.
0: So That's I fair. I it, and plus we're talking. Jesus Christ, Mika Zibanejad between Hall and Artemi Panarin.
1: Ooh! What are you doing to me? Oh Ooh! Jesus! <laughs> okay, jeez. Uh, uh, final guys question. About what about a,
3: uh, which player would you least want to have on your team?
1: Oh, it's got to be Keith. Uh, to oh, be Keith. Uh, guy's a total shit. Guy. <laughs> yeah, what a <laughs> yeah. traitor that guy is. Yeah, he's a yeah, total Keith, asshole.
3: Keith
0: fucking blows. Um, <laughs> oh, fun police. Uh, on, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. You're you're. Oof. It's been a lot You don't really, even have to answer really don't have, Yeah, the Devils don't really have a bad player. I don't need another... Let me let me put it this way. As awful as the Rangers' defense is right now, I don't know if I would want a guy like Severson or Santini on the team just because the Rangers probably already have one. We just don't know it yet.
3: I, I, think, you, I think you have some on your roster right now, probably. Yeah, so I'd rather just
0: figure out which one of the many defensive prospects we have is exactly that as opposed to bringing in Santini and just having that. You know what I mean? That's uh, again, that's not yeah. even that's not even me shitting on Santini. Santini is better than Mark Stahl. I'm, I'm not breaking any fucking bubbles by saying that. I would like a defenseman like that on my roster. I just think I already have it. I just don't know which one of it is yet.
3: Yeah. That's fair. I would say Jimmy Hayes, but you probably want him with his brother now, I guess.
0: Yeah, then we could patch, package both of them for something. I don't know. Yeah. Just let Kevin be happy for you. <laughs>
1: Let Kevin, be happy, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on. But before we go, uh, we have one nonsense qu- for the question What is your favorite wood type smell?
3: My favorite wood type smell,
1: yeah. What's your favorite uh wood smell?
3: Uh, so, probably like a campfire.
1: I agree, I think campfire is a top three smell. Period. Wh-
3: where did this question come from? I got it on Twitter. I don't understand. The, the whole high reason
1: high? we had Jeff
0: on second. The whole reason we had Jeff on second was, oh, we're going to do nonsense with Jeff, and then this is the fucking question
1: you dropped for him? That's correct. So I like Campfire, but I think Pine is rather good. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What happened to you in
0: the last five minutes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I asked people on Twitter, Twitter for questions today. That was one of the questions I got. What's your favorite Oh, my question? God. Never asked.
0: No, oh, my God. I just wanted to ask one Why? question. I,
1: so, Greg, I'm I, assuming you're not a wood guy then. Okay, that's good.
0: No, I I'd like – wood's perfectly fine. Uh <laughs> I associate mahogany with good feelings, I think. Okay. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't like label wood smells, man. I I, I don't, I I know it when I smell it, but I wouldn't (laughs) like, I've never put a fucking name tag on the piece of wood being like, this smells great. I'm going to make sure I know what the fuck this is.
1: I love the quote, Greg Kaplan. I know it when I smell it. I know. That that works for a lot of things. It does. It really does. Um, we have gone over 30 minutes at this point. Jeff, is there anything other else we should be talking about right now in the sports world? You're not a big NFL guy, are you?
3: Uh, no, not really, but I have been extremely into Hard Knocks. I think it's a phenomenal show.
1: I have not watched Hard Knocks, but I, I have watched the clips of the coaching staff being absolutely abysmal. And that makes me scared and think, wow, do pro companies and sports teams really know what they're doing? And the answer to me constantly is almost no.
0: No, I, I've, so I've, i so I've, I'm with Jeff. I'm 100% in on Hard Knocks this season. It's been phenomenal, but I've also been watching Hard Knocks and listening to GM Street from The Ringer. Mm-hmm. And every episode, Mike Lombardi is constantly saying, this is not how a normal football franchise is run. This is, this is weird. And this is abnormal. And no one should think this is normal because really the players are coaching themselves. And there's one competent coach on the entire staff. It's, it's Todd Haley. Haley. Yeah. And at every turn, Todd Haley is just put down by Hugh Jackson, which makes this entire season phenomenal. Hugh Jackson might – there's a reason why I, There's a reason why Hugh Jackson is 1-31 as head coach. Oh, you think? And we are seeing it every day.
1: Hard knocks. I, w- I want to point out that Lombardi did call Doug Peterson the worst coach in the league last year uh, from the start. And then he won a Super
3: Bowl. So, there you yeah, go. He, he did do that. Yeah, but, at,
0: at the same time, the Eagles also assembled the world's greatest roster. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. we could
3: have coached that team. And they the would have the been quarterback just- had the biggest dick. He did know, you know that.
1: huge dick. Big fan of big dicks. Um, I'm not sure what else we should hit on today.
3: Well, uh, I was going to say off of uh my hard knocks point that I brought up. You talk about um Fitz, you know, started revolutions, suggesting that the NHL have a summer league. Oh, um, I think there should be an NHL version of hard knocks. It would be so much better than 24 seven. You would get to follow the prospects through the camp. Who's going to make it? Who's going to be sent down to the AHL. It would be phenomenal. And the NHL should be trying to market itself that way. And they don't do that type of stuff.
1: Okay. So here's something funny. You said the NHL should be trying to market itself. Thought that was pretty funny, Jeff. that was a good one. Uh, It it would also have to be on HBO or Showtime or somewhere they can curse. And it would be unfiltered because the filtered version of the road to the winter classic last year was absolute garbage. It was not worth watching and it was miserable. Now, if they're gonna do it, I don't think I don't think they're doing it because it'll get no ratings because the N- the NF- NHL doesn't get ratings for some reason, and the NFL the preseasons game get get the Stanley Cup Finals worth of ratings. Uh, but if they're gonna do it, it has to be raw, it has to be unfiltered. And what team would you want them to follow? That's really the good question.
3: Well, it would have to honestly the Islanders this season. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. <laughs>
0: What, the Senators. You would really want to see another team besides the Senators.
1: The Islanders I'm or the t- Senators. I'm taking than.
3: in the Barry Trotz factor. I think that's that's a big uptick.
1: Is it? I don't know. For me, I, it's not. I, I, it was great on 24
3: seven when it was Caps Penguins.
1: I I just think if you want to if you if you want to watch a car crash and you can't look away, it's probably Ottawa. If it's not Ottawa, it's the Islanders.
3: You guys are probably right. I that was you know a, a bit of a overreaction on my part jumping on islanders but oh. ottawa was probably the right answer Overreaction reaction theater also are we are we in well, nashville sure like having pk on there would be great yeah,
0: yeah well, that would be fun turns nashville out pk is super feels like they have personality. that's my problem with this sh- a show like that in the nhl i'm not convinced that half of an nhl locker room actually has personality i'm sure they do i maybe. think
3: though if it's during preseason and the training camp like you're going to have a lot of younger guys who are not like so set in stone on their NHL kind of don't really talk to the media, have like a monotone voice that I answer every single question with. Like they're probably out there going to play Fortnite and all this other shit that the kids are into these days. And they'll probably be more open (laughs) about it.
1: These kids are into.
0: Is another reason why this doesn't happen because half of NHL rosters don't speak English.
3: Mm. So you get a translator. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Open up the game to the world.
1: Yeah, start marketing yourself. Who knew? Jeff, thanks so much for coming on, man. I always appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you this week. I don't appreciate it at
0: all. You're fucking terrible.
3: Cool. You know, awesome. this is why I didn't go to the forum, because I knew I was going to be treated like this. <laughs> you you probably... didn't
0: go to the forum because you had titties in your face all weekend. Uh, I did. <laughs> that's
3: true. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Greg. Oh,
0: hit me. I know, Please. I don't know have been yes, told you this, me.
3: but you know, like, the, the strip club that we were at the entire time in Montreal?
0: Why, I don't know why you're not saying the name. Cafe Cleopatra. Cafe Cleopatra. What? So. Yeah. Get, the sponsorship this week is Cafe Cleopatra. Well, this podcast not, is brought to you by, oh no. <laughs> oh no. We
3: went to a different strip club the, other, the second night. Uh, you oh, no. betrayed Cleopatra? A million times better. The girls were what? so much hotter. The what? dances were worse, but the girls were way hotter. Greg, uh, well, Vinny, well, Vinny will testify to I, this.
1: No, I love how you're calling out Vinny on the pod. <laughs> okay.
3: I'm just saying, I'm just bringing my sources, okay? okay? I'm just backing up with references. So we get outside when we go home. We look across the street. Captain Patch is right there. It was across the street the entire time. It was
1: across the fucking street. Yes.
0: Oh, oh. Uh, but the dances were.
1: See, I had a lot of fun during the dances. Quote unquote. Yeah, I did not really partake in this. I don't. I don't have any opinion.
3: I, so, I think that it's possible to do both. You know, you just pop in oh, one. You get you get the stage dancing, and then you pop in the other. You get the private dancing. It's. It's the best of both worlds.
1: Okay, great. Uh, this has been talking it's strip clubs. It was <laughs> across the street. That that
0: that bothers me so across much.
3: Across the street.
0: So we're gonna, so basically what we're saying is we're going to a Canadians Devils Canadians Rangers game.
3: It's on a Saturday we'll- in February. You already looked.
0: <laughs> it is on a Saturday Devils- in February.
3: Devils play Montreal on a Saturday in February. Oh, fuck, we're going to Montreal.
0: All right. Uh, what 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 actual day? Like the 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 date?
1: I hope. It's I the- think it's like the eighth or something. It's the fourteenth.
0: Oh, no. As long as it's not Super Bowl weekend.
1: You looked it also, up No, I'm I'm not. I'm not looking it up yet.
0: All right. So, guess we're going to Montreal. Who wants this to come is, with? No, actually, <laughs> this is not an invite I want to give out. Oh, <laughs> that follow us on. It's a devil's
3: stuff. game. You guys are a devil's podcast now. It'll be fine. It'll fit. Um, right yeah. Right
0: no, we pissed off half your fan base, so it'll be a good time.
3: Oh, don't pay attention. I might as well those, go
0: too. to a devil's game. Yeah. Hey, what, what morons. Keith is welcome on this podcast today. Keith is also welcome at Crafting Everybody's
3: welcome on this podcast.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know about that. All right. uh, (laughs) Put my foot down there. Thanks. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, that was talking strip clubs, not sponsored by Crafting Glue Jeff, thanks for so much for coming on to see you this weekend. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. Bushit's Break. If you want to do anything else, do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Talk to you guys later. Bye.